Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today and the day of learning is dedicated to uh, Henry Rosenheim, Eliezer ben Yehoshua Tzvi, Alev Shalom, sponsored by his daughter Pam Lunzer as well. Dedicated in, uh, uh, for the refresh of the man, quick speedy recovery for Yohanan Shilmo ben Victoria Sarah, sponsored anonymously. As, as well, dedicated loving memory of Reina and Raquel's father, Joseph Major, Alava Shalom. Leiluni Shmat Yosef Ben Reina Victoria, sponsored by Reina and Ezra Cohen, and Raquel and Gabby Habert, the En Od Milvado King. As well, dedicated in honor of Elisheva Passover birthday. Thank you for always sharing your Torah learning with us, introducing us to breakfast in the class. May this be a year of clarity, Berachasim Chakadir, Parasan, reveal blessings. We look forward to celebrating many, many more Sabachot together with you. Love, Max and Maria, Diane, Bonnie, Morty, Aaron, and Nathan. The week of Kobru is dedicated to loving memory of Sammy Sayed, Leilun Shmachal Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son Isaac Sayed. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated in loving memory of Gabriel Amos, his brother, Rabbi Pinhas Amos, Alava Shalom, Leilun Shmat, Rabbi Pinhas Ben Rabbi Shimon Ben Masuda, sponsored by Annette and Gabriel Amos. Also sponsored by Dorel Melul, dedicated in honor of his wife Uriah, in celebration of the birth of their baby boy, Mazaltov. Sponsored by Stephen Bradford, the Breakfast King, dedicated in honor of Hamazrael Mansour. It's always great to see him here. As well, dedicated in loving memory of Eddie Zonana, Alava Shalom, Leilun Shmat, Ovadia Ben Hana, sponsored by his grandson, Abi Nissim. As well, sponsored by Stephen Rapport, dedicated loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, Lea Shalom, and dedicated loving memory of Angela Shochet, on her Azkara, sponsored by her son, Haron Shochet. Breakfast in the class is dedicated in honor of Rabbi Shalom Ofari and Rabbi Ariel Mizrahi, sponsored by Anna Zayanchik. And as well, loving memory of Joel Rishti, Leilun Ishmat, Yosef Ben Le'al, Ava Shalom, sponsored by his son Elliot Rishti. Dedicated in loving memory, Leilun Ishmat, Rahamim Ben Sarah, Ava Shalom, sponsored by his grandson, Arik Behar. And dedicated in celebration of the birth of a new baby girl, Abigail, to Jake's sister, Leah, and Rodney Sanid, sponsored by Daphna and Jake Mancher. Mazal Tov. Dedicated by Mauricio and Laura Sion from South Florida for the Haslacha Beriut Baracha and Life of revealed blessings to the Sion and Dweck families, Be'ezat Hashem. And finally, uh, dedicated loving memory, Mrs. Lily Safra, Leah Shalom, Lunishmat, Leah Badova Kohen, Vechana, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. My friends, in the beginning of this week's parasha, we read all about the concept of nidarim, of vows. And many of us will remember from the many times that we have the opportunity, <laughs> from, the, from the many times we have the opportunity to do hatarat nidarim, We'll remember that it's not only if a person says neder. What other language do we have? Kol neder, o shivua, o isur, o konam, o herem. Right? All these different languages, all these different languages, which express ways in which a person can make an oath, a swear, a promise that they're going to do something. Now, it's interesting to me because essentially all of those things are really included in the first part of the mitzvah. But in, in fact, if you see this word, right, lo yachel devaro, the pasuk ends by saying, not only is a person obligated to keep the neder, shivuah, isur, herem, konam, not only those things that you said in that way, but rather, kechol mipiv Everything that comes out of your mouth, you have an obligation to do. So it's interesting that in the language of Hatarat Nidarim, we don't say, and if I just said I'm going to do something. If I said I'm going to go to the grocery store, and then I'm not feeling in the mood of going to the grocery store for my wife, but I told her I'm going to go, even if I didn't promise. Where else does it say that in the language of Hatarat Nidarim? And the answer is, it doesn't. Because Hatarat Nidarim is the undoing of vows. That has nothing to do with saying the truth with fulfilling 
the truths, the words that come out of your mouth, making your words true. So there's one idea that a person says the truth about what happened or what they're going to do. But the other thing is to make your words true, to ensure that your word remains true. I want to share with you an example of this concept. You know, uh, the, I, was, I studied in the Yeshivat Mir under the great rabbi, Rabbi uh, Finkel, a wild innovator, tremendous visionary uh, in what he did and what he built. But he unfortunately was stricken with a very severe form of Parkinson's to the point where it affected him with weakness throughout his body and he did not take any of the medications that diminish the shaking uh, that a person experiences when they go through Parkinson's. Because when he first got sick, he got a phone call from Rabbi Gifter, who also had Parkinson's, who took the medication, and he cried on the phone, he begged him to promise him he wouldn't take the medication. He said, because the medication caused, caused me to lose, to forget all of my Torah learning. Promise me, he said, that you won't take it. Strange. Now, I don't know, should, shouldn't, but I will tell you, I studied in that yeshiva, I heard classes that he gave, I watched him walking in front of the yeshiva, if I tell you with the utmost respect I'm saying this, he looked like an old school human marionette. Remember they used to have that with the, with the legs and the arms? His arms and legs, it wasn't shaking, trembling. It was shaking, flying all over the place. They looked like we were disconnected from his body. He was very dedicated to the boys and the young, young men in the yeshiva. And if people asked him to be a sandak, he would always do his best to sit for them for the brit milah. Anyway, one such person, he asked him if he could do brit milah. The rabbi, the family told him, the rabbi is very weak. He's going to do his best to come and do it for you. The rabbi said, okay, he's going to come to the brit. But please make it, there's a local hall, it's one block away from the yeshiva. Make it close for the rabbi, Hazi. He's not feeling so great. So they made it in a hall, it's called Zvil, right around the corner from the yeshiva. The morning of the brit, the father of the, uh, the Aviyah Ben receives a phone call saying, so, so sorry, the yeshiva, mehila. he's not going to be able to sit and be sandak. Please find somebody else. He's too weak. He can't do it. The boy is devastated. What's he going to do? He understands. He finds someone else. Right before the brit's about to go off, someone comes to find the, the, the father of the, of the Rachanimol, Rachanimol, and he says, please, would you mind coming outside for a minute? The Rosh Yeshiva is outside. He says, I don't understand. I asked him to come. He said he can't come. He said, what do you mean he's outside? He said he's outside. He's not coming in. Could you please? He comes outside. The Rosh Yeshiva is sitting in the car. The roll, they roll down the window. And he said, Rabbi, why? what happened? What, why are you here? The Rabbi said, I don't have enough strength to sit and be sandak. But I said I was coming to the Brit. So here I am. I came to the Brit. I'm sorry, I can't, I don't have enough strength to get out of the car and walk inside. Mabruka Mazalto. Anyone of us, what do we say to ourselves? We say to ourselves, I'm sure they will understand. Don't we say that? I'm not feeling great. I'm not going to go to the wedding. I'm sure they'll understand. Right? But here, the idea that we're learning is when a person has their words, the words that a person has, they are Kodesh. And when you profane them by allowing them to not just become em- not emet because you lied, 
But even when you said you were going to do something, and they will just become not emet through no fault of your own, and the guy fully understands, it has nothing to do with them. This is about your devaro. The Shemi Shmuel writes an amazing piece. He asks, what does this mean that the words of a person are Kodesh? What does that mean? And he points out an amazing insight in the name of his father. He says, let's say a person says about this his watch, he says, Harezu Hekdesh. This is, it belongs to the Beit HaMikdash. The halakha is, if I put that watch now on my wrist, I was over on something called Me'ila, with a terrible punishment. If I say about my cow, that cow is going to be a korban, and then I eat it for dinner, I put it on the barbecue, the punishment is unimaginable. It's me'ila bakodesh, me'ila in the korbanot. So in all these scenarios, what happened there? When I promise I'm going to do something, I promise I'm not going to eat this coffee, drink this coffee. This coffee, as an example, a minute ago was mutar. Now it becomes cheftza shel isur. becomes an object of isur. The power of a Jew's mouth is meant to be such that it can change. No, I said if I say, yeah? If a person says that, then what happens is it's capable of, so was I. It's, it's capable of changing the nature of a thing. Now, I want you to understand that. Rav Moshe Shapira used to say something that I always thought was very interesting. He said in the Hebrew language, the word for a word means his word. He says something interesting. He says the same word in Hebrew for a word, right? is the word that we use for a thing. That means that in the human, in the Hebrew understanding from a Lashon Kodesh perspective, your word is as physical, as real, as tangible, as an object that you could feel. Now for many of us, we live in a world today where we're very careful. What do we put in writing? You want to say something? Don't put it in an email. Don't send it in a document. You know what? You have a disclaimer on the email, so even if you say it in the email, anything that's in the email, right, it's a, like, it's like hatarat de darim at the bottom of your own email, right? But think about this for a minute, right? If you can't get me, if you can't catch me, if you can't sue me, I'm good. That's the world that we have been almost, uh, we've almost been thrust into. So from a world where if you said you're going to go to the Brit Milah, even if you're not going to turn up, you know, you, got, you come there in the car and you sit in the car from the world where your father shook hands with someone and that was it. I always love that. It's always, to me, a very powerful part of the marriage ceremony. We have a custom. Ashkenaz don't have this custom. When we sign the Kitubah, we make a Kenyan. They do that too. But then afterwards we do Shivu'ah Hamura B'tikiyat Kaf. A solemn oath that is affected by the shaking of hands. And the rabbi shakes the hand of the Khatan. Handshake. The most important deal you'll ever make. How are we doing it? A handshake. To me, that says it speaks about a different time. But woe is to us if we look back at that time with a static nostalgia instead of an active retrieval. 
it's up to us whether or not that becomes a relic of the past or an object of our future, of the future of our children. Teach your children that when they say they'll do something, it's Kodesh, it's, it's inviolate to, to act in a way that stands in contradistinction to a word that came, to, to a word that came out of my mouth. Hamizra Atiyah was once living in, uh, when he was living in, in Yerushalayim, he was a rabbi in Purat Yosef. Now there's two locations, Purat Yosef. One location is the Old City, other location is in Geula, right? Right at the top of Geula before you get down towards Mashari. Anyway, a man came to him and he asked him if he could write him uh, a, uh, a uh, Ishur, a letter stating that he's a good guy, that his, his sefer is, uh, is a good thing, it's a haskama. The rabbi said, no problem. He says, but we'll need to go to the yeshiva in Hebron, in Hebron Geulah, excuse me. He said, why? Why do we have to go to Geulah? Why can't you write it for me here in the old city? The rabbi said, he said, because the papers that I have are at the top of the paper, it says the address of Yeshivat Porat Yosef that is in Geulah. For me to sign that whilst I'm here in Porat Yosef in the old city is a lie. It's just, it's unfathomable to us, this type of emet, care, concern, exactitude with the words that come out of a person's mouth. But my friends, that world is something that are, is a world that we have to bring back. Now, most times people think of emet and they think of business. Being truthful in business, not lying in business. But the truth is, these ideas, they apply with your wife. I always say this, you tell your wife you're going to be home at a certain time, to come home at another time is not emet. Now the answer is, what do you mean? I tried, I did. So say, I'll try to be home. Anything a person says with an exact, with an, uh, uh, without giving the, either the term of bilineder or a form of bilineder, like I'll try, is already something, that you're, you're, you're breaking your word. You tell your child, I'll be there to pick you up on the bus. I want to give you an example. Rav Dan Segel one time flew to another country to, to attend the wedding of, a, <clears throat> of a, one of his relatives. Anyway, uh, he's at the wedding for maybe uh, an hour, and he tells the, 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 the guy, his host, who's also at the wedding, he says, look, I'm going to go home now. You don't have to leave. Um, don't worry about it. I'll take a cab back. Guy says, okay, alamak. He goes home. When the man gets home a while later, after that wedding is over, he comes to the rabbi and he says, Rabbi Dan, he says, I don't understand. You flew all the way to this country for this wedding and you only stayed there for about an hour. Why don't you stay longer? And the rabbi says, when we left the house, your son said, I don't want to stay here by myself. And you told your son, don't worry, someone will be back home before 11 o'clock. I looked at my watch and I realized that if we didn't leave the wedding right now, no one would be home by 11 o'clock. You didn't seem like you were going, and maybe it's not my place, but I was also there. I was also there when you said it to the child. What an unbelievable concept of lo yachel devaro. And our rabbis tell us that when a person is careful with his words, hakadosh baruch Hu, sees that you treat your words with respect, when you then pray for whatever it is that you want to pray, 
God also respects your words. But if you don't respect your own words, how do you expect God in heaven to? How do you expect your tefillot to rise to the highest uh, heights, to Shammai? You can't. So therefore, sometimes I advise someone, they're praying, 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 they don't see it's working. Of course, you have to fix a lot of things. But one thing to look into is whether the tool you're using, the blades of tefillah have been blunted by a, either a reckless abandon of emet or even perhaps a, a careless uh, slide towards not being as careful as we could be with the words that we say. Hashem should bless us in all of our endeavors to always be people of truth. Anshe emet, anshe emunah. Be'ezrat Hashem, and when we do that, our words are given the power that they need, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu should answer all of our tefillot, no matter what they say, no matter what they are for, even if they require miraculous uh, attendance, Hashem should bless them with that power. Uh, Rabbi